Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Healing Circle Podcast. I'm Kobe. What up, dope? It's back. Kyle. It's Kyle. And we're back. Um, we're in quarantine. We're we back like chiropract. That's right. We're back like bra straps. Okay, thank we you. B- thank you. <laughs> Um, this is fun for us, obviously. We love doing the podcast, but this is especially fun because our child is asleep. Sleep. He is not harassing us, and we get to have fun and create together. So I'm feeling excited. Are you excited? I'm so excited. If you hear something later tonight, a shrill scream saying, Dada! Baba! It's my son. And we're not going to get him. Nope. You got a little, little essay, uh, sleep. He'll be all right. <laughs> he will be all right. He will. Um, so today we wanted to talk with you guys a little bit about just the fact that all of us are trapped. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. the reality is this quarantine has forced us l- quite literally to be stuck um, inside. Yeah. With ourselves. Which is great. Being inside is wonderful. I, Kyle I think has we been can living... all agree that being inside all day long is a dream come true. Apart from the stress of like working and parenting at the same time all day long, Kyle has actually been weirdly enjoying like just being home and I am literally about to scratch my eyes out. Like I cannot, this is not the life that I was designed for. This is not the life I need. I need diversity. I need different things that I'm doing every day. Like I just, I can't be in one place all day. I have cried many times. I've walked out in the balcony of our apartment to breathe fresh air many times, savoring it like a glass of wine because, woo, this is hard. Outside of my son um, taking, you know, snacks that were once in his mouth and trying to share them with me by taking it out of his mouth and putting the whole mushy thing inside my mouth. It's so sweet yet so disgusting. It is very gross and so cute at the same time, but more (laughs) gross than cute for sure. Yeah. This is basically, I would pay to to be inside all day and do nothing. Mm -hmm. I know you would. It's the best vacation. Yeah. Yeah. It's not working out that way. Levi is a lot. That's okay. That's okay. He's our favorite a lot. Yes, and right. you know what? We prayed for a kid that would change the world, and mm. world-changing kids. I I imagine that they're, they're not, not very easy ones. to nope. manage. Nope, nope. So not. he's training. He's uh, he's got gifts of leadership and all this stuff that he's working out. That's mm-hmm. how I'm trying to think about it. Yeah, yeah. If you see someone leading a protest in the future, it's our child. Mm-hmm. It will be him. Um, but we wanted to chat a little bit, Kyle and I. You know, because we've just had lots of time have been able to have these conversations between ourselves, um, amongst ourselves, about what's going on in our hearts, what's going on in our minds during this quarantine. And we just wanted to invite you guys into the conversation because you guys are family to us. And we just wanted to expand um, the perspective with your perspective in mind. So um, you've probably seen memes all over Instagram, Facebook, wherever, about how You know, this quarantine has trapped us with ourselves. You know, you spent your whole life distracting and now here you are stuck with yourself. Now you have to do the work, right? Now you Mm -hmm. have to face the part of yourself you didn't want. Now you have to, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Um, And all of that is so true. So I'm not mocking that. I completely agree with it a thousand percent. But I know for us as believers, we've had a little bit of a different perspective 
um, more than anything, I've realized in this quarantine that I have developed a life that silences the most broken parts of myself. Mm. Like I have built a life that rewards the parts of myself that I love and the parts of myself that are most affirmed. And then I've also built a life that simultaneously silences the part of me that is least affirmed, silences the part of me yeah. that is most hurt, most wounded, most embarrassing, most needy. Um, and now I have to look at that part. Yeah. It's, um, for me, it's, it's like my relationship with God is very much a, a union. It's like a marriage. And I think what this quarantine has brought up for me is how often and consistently I love to bring other individuals, other things, other gods into my marriage with mm. with God. You know, and even thinking about a lot of my prayers. Like if if prayer is this intimate language um between us and God, I've noticed that a lot of my prayers maybe aren't being answered not just because like God is doing something different and all that, but because like they're they're kind of offensive. <laughs> yeah. It, it would be like me coming into the bedroom with Kobe and me like, "Hey, like I met this girl on the street. Do you think she could come?" And hang out with us tonight. I like, truly she wish would, she would. She I would almost cursed. But that's pretty much the way I've been approaching a lot of aspects mm. of my relationship with the Lord, where I've yeah. been saying, hey, like, God, I know, like, there's you've got some great stuff. Yeah. But there's these other things I would really love to bring into the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, like the spiritual Like, how do you feel God? about that? <laughs> yeah. And then been surprised, like, man, I don't feel like God is hearing me. Mm, yeah. It's like, well, I I think I've, I've come face to face with the reality that, I am not nearly as faithful, not nearly as consistent, not nearly as anything as I thought I was in in regards to my relationship with the Lord. And like you said, it's been there the whole time. Mm. I've just been really, really good at surrounding myself in noise that drowns yes. out like that opposition. Yes, 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 yes. And it's funny because the parts of myself that I love to bring before the Lord, the parts of myself that I love to bring before the cross in the presence of God are the parts of myself that need the least work. <laughs> like, I'm like, God, yeah, look how preaching. cute I am. You see how I be praying? You see yeah. how I have a 5 a.m. prayer line? God, you can join if you want to. You know, like, yeah, there's yeah. this part of me that's like, and, and like, I talk to my clients about this, like, my especially my um, believing clients, that like, we have, as Christians, we have this weird like system of feeling these deep and abiding strong emotions processing those emotions away from God using his word to make ourselves feel better and then bringing the remnant the more the more acceptable remnant of that emotion before him and being like God I surrender God I'm giving it all to you and he's like no all of it was what you processed by yourself all of it was what you used, you know, all the Psalms to calm yourself down with. But like scripture says, what he desires is a broken and contrite heart. He wants all of our brokenness. And this quarantine has been helping me realize I'm not bringing my brokenness to God. Yeah. I'm not bringing like I'm I'm bringing my desires to him. Yeah. I'm not bringing my brokenness. And there's this there's this church culture but also it's just like a personal brokenness i'm not trying to blame the church for anything of doing this thing where it's like god i if i'm not perfect in this thing i'm just not worthy if i'm not 
perfectly consistent in prayer, perfectly consistent in scripture study, perfectly consistent in sacrifice, perfectly consistent in obedience. God, I'm just not even going to talk to you about it. Like, I'm not going to bring it up to you. I'm just going to leave it in this dark room and I'm going to magnify the things I am good at, but I'm just going to leave out the things I'm not good at. And this quarantine has really forced me to look at the parts of myself because they're rearing their heads. Yeah. In the absence of the affirmation, in the absence of the noise you were talking about, in the absence of the sense of purpose every day, because it can feel kind of purposeless, you know, waking up and tending to a two-year-old from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. all day like that the parts of me that are hungry for the world's affirmation hungry for the things of the world are like coming out to play like them world war z zombies you know like they're they're willing to latch on to anything and god's like bring them to me let them latch on to me and i'm like "Eh, but do you see how ugly them things are yeah you see how nasty they be biting? They might infect you, God. And he's like, no, like the the point, the point, and not saying the point of this quarantine, but for me, the point of this time is that I bring this brokenness, this part of myself that I have estranged myself from to light yeah. before God. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are estranged from parts of ourselves. We're estranged from um, our identity as children because we didn't have, like our parents. We're estranged as our identity as sexual partners because we've been sexually abused. Yeah. We're estranged, um, you know, from our role as leaders because we are afraid of being mocked or made fun of, you know? Yeah. I think one of the things that's startling about what you just said, and one, I want to I wanna unpack where that comes from. But um, two, I'm recognizing that in my life, there are all these different affirmations, these different things that I truly want and the quarantine in this time where all of this stuff has come up before me has really pointed out how shallow my desires are and how hypocritical they are yeah because i love affirmation i feel like i need affirmation yeah and i also need affirmation in a very specific way like it can't come from anybody or any place yeah there's all these rules around it but at the end of the day like i feel most human, most um, most worthy of continuing to live, most whatever that thing is that makes me feel like, okay, I am received when I'm useful. Mm. If that alone were true in the way that I speak about it or spoke about it in my heart prior to the last few days, then hanging out with my son all day would be the best thing in the world. Mm. My son loves me. He, he loves, loves himself. Let me some tell me. you, he, the love he has for Kyle, it, it, I don't want to sound like an old church mother, but like it ministers to me. It does. Like he, he just loves you. He just loves you. Doesn't matter if you just put him in timeout. Doesn't matter if you said, no, Levi, don't do that. He just, he just wants to be around you. He yeah. just wants to sniff you. He wants to be on your shoulders. He wants to be under your arm. He, he just loves you. There's literally nothing you can do to make Levi not want you. Yeah. At any given moment, he is sitting on top of my head, drooling in my hair. There's probably <laughs> chips and crackers in my hair right now. Yeah, but we're just hanging out all day long. And it's it's cool. He He's really a daddy's boy. Yeah, but my motivations have revealed themselves as 
hypocritical and shallow because all the things that I want from the world, God has really given me. What? Like we've talked about this Zip. whole like sometimes God gives you the things that you're asking for just to prove that they're not really what you want, Whoa. right? And all the things that I want from the world, God has actually given me yeah. right now. Yeah. And the truth is, I don't want those things. Yeah. Or rather, I don't want the fullness of what they are. Yeah. The, the reality that I have a responsibility to the one that is affirming me makes all of the things that I want to go out the window. Mm. I love affirmation when mean? it comes from people that I don't have a, a corresponding responsibility to. Yeah. So affirmation that is cheap. That's one-sided. So you oh, want you're affirmation so without the responsibility of letting someone down. Yeah, of letting someone down or or deserving and, and continuously earning that, mm. um, you know, earning that affirmation. I'm, if all of life is a relationship, I keep saying I want to get married, but I spend all my time with hookers. Mm. <laughs> like, I just, there are pieces of the interaction yeah. that I really like. Yeah. Um, and I say that that's what I really want and what I really need, but only if it costs me nothing. Yeah. Only if I don't have to give up anything. Yeah. Only if I'm not held accountable to it. Yeah. And so what I'm recognizing is that my life is filled with desires that I keep telling myself if God would just give them to me, yeah. I would find peace. Yeah. And yet I keep looking, if I look close enough, I keep seeing these ways God has answered those prayers and I'm no happier yep. than before. Yeah, there's always a but. Yeah, he did this, but, mm -hmm. you know, he, he said this, but this randomly happened, but, <laughs> you know. And it just reveals the reality that, like, I, I don't want most of those things even as in this quarantine i'm realizing you know god has taken some things away and i'm i'm there's a whole lot of stuff going on but the yeah. reality is i'm not any happier having gotten many of the things i prayed for and the truth is i keep praying for them in different ways hoping that the next time it'll be something that yeah, that satisfying. scratches the itch yeah but it's really the reality that i am trying to fill a bottomless pit Whoop. With empty things. Whoop. And you know what's funny is, as you were saying all that, like, I was just hearing in my head, talking to myself, like, I'm realizing I don't actually want God as much as I said I did. Facts. I'm realizing I don't actually know God as much as I thought I did. Facts. I am realizing that I am well rehearsed when it comes to talking about God's power. Yep. But I am inexperienced at knowing it. Yeah. Right. Like we're so good at talking about what God can do. And we have so many um, hopes about God's power. We have so many prophecies, I would say, about yeah. God's power via scripture, which are true, but so few testimonies about experiencing it, yeah. you know, and like this, this has forced me to get face to face with God. Like I was praying this morning. I was like, God, I want to experience you and I want you to be enough. Like, you know, that song, Nothing Else Will Do, I Just Want Bruh, You. don't pray that. I'm, I was singing it. It's a catchy song. We are song. married. I, look, they be singing it. No, I be don't. singing it. It's a good song. <laughs> I it want be you to be me enough. In tears. Let me sing. Let me worship. Right? No. But, like, w when I sang that this morning, it meant something different than it did four weeks ago. Yeah. Right? Because it was like, God, literally nothing else will do because... Four weeks ago, I was anxious about my client. I was anxious about something. And yeah. now I'm like, you know, like the Israelites is like itching and scratching to go back into slavery. I'm like, God, can you send me back to my office, Lord? You know, the one I was freaking out about, you know, to get my notes done and stuff. Like, 
and I I want to make sure that this quarantine is I really try not to sound churchy on here but it just be happening a time of sanctification like I don't want to go back to the same life you know, and I've said that, I've been like, God, I just want things to go back to normal. I don't want things to go back to normal. If I leave this quarantine and God is the same God he was to me before this quarantine, there's, I'm doing something wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm realizing, like, we were talking about how we literally have all day at home, all day. I have time to be taking naps on naps on naps, eating snacks on snacks on snacks. But somehow in the midst of this quarantine, I just don't have enough time to spend time with God. It's too vulnerable. Like my avoidance of time with the Lord has taught me that I actually believe in some capacity that God is who he says he is. I'm just afraid of that being applied to my life. Yeah. I don't want change. I don't want things to be ripped away. I don't want to, you know, be in the place where Jesus was, where I'm saying, but yet not my will, but yours be done. Like I, it sounds beautiful. It's poetic. Yeah. But it's terrifying. Yeah. And it's hard. And I think that, you know, for many of us, this quarantine is an opportunity because um, this is my personal belief, not my professional one. My personal belief, well, it's semi my professional one, but I just got to be giving these disclaimers before someone try to come for my life. Um, your spiritual life is always going to be affected by your mental life. Yeah. You know, your spiritual health is always going to be affected by your mental health. Right. When I am farthest away from the Lord spiritually, I am usually not well mentally. Yeah. Right. Agreed. And vice versa. Right. Um, and I know for me, I've been so estranged from myself, so estranged from parts of who I am. And God is in his grace and mercy because he brings up our pain because he wants to satisfy it. Yeah. Right. Um, but God has been bringing up for me all the ways I've betrayed myself. You know, all mm. the ways that I have, I had turned my back on my own values, right? When I talk to clients and they're kind of like, what's therapy? I say, well, therapy is about us figuring out what your values are and then figuring out how to live a life that is congruent with your values, right? Yeah. Um, and I, for so long, did not live a life congruent with my own values, and God is showing me that and not as a way of punishing me or holding over my head, but as a way of him saying, and this is what I'm going to do about it. Yeah. And this is what I want to offer you. Right. Brendan Manning talks about um, the imposter. And if you're in the Patreon, we'll go over this um, probably on Wednesday. But like he talks about the imposter and how the imposter is essentially this coping mechanism is this persona that is built out of a coping mechanism to protect the weakest parts of ourself mm. right and so it plays a role for a moment right pretending to be competent when you're weak plays a role for a moment yeah it's okay for a moment it was not ever designed to be used for a lifetime yeah and many of us took these momentary coping skills from our childhood and we perpetuated them into a lifetime um, of living so much so that we've forgotten that it's a persona and not actually who we are. Hey, bro, back up. All right. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. We know. <laughs> I ain't been saved all my life. All right, get up off me, okay? I'll fight you right here in this closet. I wish you would, but it's true, you know, and God is like, he's like, what's the real you, Kabe? 
Who is the, like, if, if there was a you that was never hurt and never felt like they needed to prove anything to anyone, who is that person? Right? Like Kyle was talking the other day about something so powerful. So when he was in therapy, you want to share that? Like about I don't know the personality, like how, like you had a personality long before your trauma and how. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I just feel like you were it better. <laughs> I, uh. I've, I've been working through this, how do I put it, this dissonance, this internal dissonance where I have been most of my life praised for doing all sorts of things, for being smart, for being kind, for being generous, for being all these different attributes. Yeah. And internally... In my own way of perceiving it, I've never been any of those things. Whenever I decided to do something good, I did not say, oh, what would be the good thing to do? I always said, what would my brother do? What would my father do? What would my friend? So I, I was cobbling together the identities or the the attributes that I felt like I saw in other people and, You're about rep- to make and, clap. and trying to stitch together an identity based off of like, what I felt like I saw in all these other people, such to the point that now I'm 26, 27 in therapy. I have all these things. The world looks at me and thinks I know who I am. And internally, I have no idea which parts of me are real Mm. and which parts of me are fabrications, Mm. which parts of me, like, am I, even to the point where I wonder, like, am I good? Am I a good man? Am I a good father because I'm a good father? Or because I'm pretending to be like my dad. Mm. You know, like to the point where there is no, nothing is untouched by this imposter. And I, yeah. I literally think of it like a patchwork quilt yeah. sewn together very poorly. But just taking bits and pieces of other people, draping it over whatever I think I am and saying, this is me. Yeah. And to the point where... My therapist is like, hey, like, we need to help you figure out who you really are. Yes, Rafiki, who are you? <laughs> and and he asked me, like, he asked me what I like and what I enjoy and questions that a 27-year-old should be able to answer. And I just don't. I just have, I have pieces that I, I have parts of me that I think are more worthy of praise than others. But yeah. I don't have things that I enjoy or, or love or like in, in the way that I should. And so... He was explaining to me, like, hey, you think that this is all nurture. You think that you just became someone. Mm. And the truth is, like, you had a personality that was distinct and different as early as 12 or 14, 16 months old. And what the enemy has done is he has tried to convince you that you are not a real person, that you're an amalgamation of all these things. But that's why the enemy attacks so many people in their youth. Like you were you were encountered by this trauma when you were young and the trick of the enemy is to try to convince you that you are only what your trauma made you yeah. and that you were nothing before that point. But you had a real personality long before your trauma came into the scene. And so what we have to do is to unravel who Kyle was at two, three, four, five, six or whatever and how that correlates to today so that you can... So that you can see, okay, actually, you're just a good man. Yeah. You're not a good man because yeah. you pretend to be like other good men. Like, yeah. you're not a good husband because you've you've pretended to be like other good husbands. Like, mm. there are parts of you that were integral 
long before you started being able to read and consume yeah. media and trauma and all this stuff. And so it it was eye opening. Yeah. And I'm starting to see it in, in our son. Yeah. Levi is his own person. person. He's two years old and he <laughs> he has a fully formed personality. personality. Yep. Fully formed. Not like like I used to think because of my own trauma the question between nature and nurture was always nurture. And I was like, mm. it's like 95% nurture. Yeah. And now I'm realizing it's if it's 50-50, I don't know. It feels like it's more nature than, than any nurture because yeah. I'm recognizing there is good, bad, and ugly in my son right now. It's my job to try and, and, and um, you know, pump up the good and minimize the bad and give him structure and all that. But if it's true for him, then it's true for me. Yeah. And so now I'm beginning to realize... You know what, Kyle? Like, you were something before the enemy told you everything you weren't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo! You, and I, you know, you saw me getting teary-eyed over here and then having to, like, suck it back. I am so grateful for Dr. Carlos Todd. Listen. D-C-T. My Negro. When we have our live show, which I'm speaking that we are going to have it before the end of the year, Oh, that'll be too hard. But you know what? I spoke it. It's out there now. It's okay. We're going <laughs> um, to make it happen. I, I need him to be there. I need him to be there. Because he has, he has transformed our lives in ways that I, it would take too long for me to talk about in this podcast. But what I want to jump back to with what Kyle said is the fact that, like, so many of us have that exact same experience. Kyle just has the words to express that because he's seen a professional. So many of us, when it comes to, like, even those of us who are aware and self-aware, I have to watch myself. I have to make sure I don't do things in my business or in social media or whatever because I see it affirmed in other people. Yeah. And this is what this isolation is for. It's to kill the noise behind that imposter who's constantly ravaging for affirmation and love cheap love Mm -hmm. hustling for love as Brene Brown would say who are you you know and God's having to ask me that who are you like really who, who are you do you believe me do you really love me or do you just want things from me and know that I have the power to do it yeah do you believe in who I called you to say, who I called you to be? You know, like I will never forget, you know, some people have these cornerstone moments with God where he defines them. And I know for me, a cornerstone moment was a couple months after I became a Christian. The Lord brought for me, I think it's Isaiah 62, 2 through 5 or 65, 2 through 5. I'm going to mess this up. Either way, he says that you are a royal diadem in the hand of your king, a crown of splendor in the hand of your Lord. Right. And he said, and it says, like, the nations will know you for your righteousness, blah, blah, blah. Right. I'm not blah, blah, blah. It's God. But (laughs) like that, that's who I am. Right. And I remember in that time, God saying to me, what can make a ruby not a ruby? Mm. Nothing. You cannot suck the color out of a ruby. Yeah. You cannot change its chemical makeup. It is what it is. What can make a diamond not a diamond? Nothing. You could crush it into powder. It's still a diamond. Yeah. You know, and like for me, um, I'm having to get back to those basics because like the imposter was on auto uh, on autopilot. It had the ability to just go and do as she pleased to, you know, quilt 
build this quilt of pieces that she sees affirmed most of other people and then develop a life that looks like that rather than to develop an authentic life in Christ. Yeah. And I think that's what this quarantine is doing for so many people. And it's a painful process and it's meant to be. Boo. <laughs> it's like truly <laughs> like if it, it if Jesus could escape pain, like our pastor said something so profound this morning. Yeah, he, did. he said, why did Jesus use his power to demonstrate that he could endure pain rather than overcome it? Jesus could have overcome pain. He could have said, and in the name of me, uh, this ain't going to hurt no more. Yeah. But yet he demonstrates for us as an example that there is value in enduring pain. There is something that you can only get out of pain. Yeah. That God is trying to give to you. A key to the promise that only comes from enduring pain. And that's why for me, I had to stop praying that this would end. I pray for the lives in the name of Jesus, that people would be healed and that people's needs physically, emotionally, mentally would be met. Um, I pray that this would have such a diminished impact on those who are marginalized and those yeah. who are hurting and those who don't have resources. So this isn't me saying I want people to die or be sick at all, but I know that my mindset had to stop being God, make this suffering stop because there's something he's doing in this. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. something he's doing in it and, 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 I think the thing that he's doing is he's answering the question for me, who are you? Yeah. And and we as believers, this is a lesson that the Lord has been teaching me painstakingly over the last six to eight months. But the reality that no one and nothing in this world is going to rescue me but him. And I keep spending my life looking for something that's going to to do it for me that's going to save me and all of those things they keep crashing down to the ground and the lord has just like been repeating over and over and over nothing else is going to rescue me rescue you but me like so so jump fully into this relationship recognize that if you get to that number of money that you want to make when you get there you'll just stand there and realize this can't save me because you'll still be brokenhearted or, you know, like all these different things that you want. And so I think the reality of this time for me, like came up this morning, I was praying and I was processing how I was feeling, which that's all Kobe's fault. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't do any of this processing stuff before we met, but here I am processing. It's gross. But Um, (laughs) as processing and realizing I just don't feel like I'm doing enough. I'm huge on my utility. For me, utility, usefulness equals value. And I'm not able to do very much right now. And so I feel worth less than I've ever felt. And I was processing processing that with the Lord. And I was saying like, God, I just, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. And if I can't do enough, then I'll never be enough. Mm. And the response that God gave me was poignant. I don't know what the answer is, but he said, enough for who? Like, be enough for whom? Because the truth for me is God has not asked any more of me at any step. Like, the things that God has has asked of me, they very rarely are tied to doing. It's very often tied to being and receiving. 
but like my core fear and all of this is like I'm not doing enough and if I don't do enough I won't be enough and yet I still am not sure who I'm trying to be enough for yeah I I don't know I shout it out into the void I know that I feel I need to be enough but when God asks me be enough for who I draw a blank yeah. It's not for him. He's he's made it very clear. I'm already enough. Yeah. It's not for me. I don't think. Yeah. That would that would be easy, but it's it's not true. I cannot figure out what this is. But like this quarantine has brought up the reality. Like I have a gaping hole in my identity mm-hmm. that I've been trying to shove stuff into to satisfy something. Yeah. Someone. Yeah. Some voice that I'm still trying to discern. I can't even name it. Yeah. But I've given my whole life to it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to figure this stuff out, man. We sure do. And it's all your fault. L- listen, I'm glad I should have married somebody else. I wish you would have. I guess talking about the past. Be playing video games and chilling. You know. And, and literally withering away inside. No, I just push all my trauma down into a, a little ball and get a tumor at 40. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know. The American way. Truly the American way, unfortunately. Well, you guys, we pray that this is a time um, where you allow God to bring up what he needs to bring up, right? That you don't bring the noise into your home um, by trying to, like, you know, overcompensate, like, me, like, having to tell myself, Kobe, you don't have to create extra content. You don't have to, you know, do not get a TikTok. Um, (laughs) Listen, I'm, I'm a savage. Please don't. See, I learned the whole thing, but I'm not getting a TikTok because I don't need, and not to say if, if people get TikToks, they have noise at all. No. Everyone's at a different place. Um, but I know for me, content creation can be more noise because I'm not called to be a con. That's not my job. I'm a, yeah. I'm a therapist first. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a daughter first. Then I'm a wife and a mother. There you go. You better fix it. Whatever. And and content creator is <laughs> is far down on the list. Right. And it's part of what I'm called to do, but it's not all of it. So if I find myself doing more of that a day than anything else, then I know I'm out of order and I know I'm creating noise in my life. So um, I just pray that you guys let God do the work for you. Right. It's going to look spiritual. It's going to look like mental health. It's going to look like relational health. It's going to look like a lot of things. Um, And I really want to say this. So for Kyle, Kyle and I have both experienced um, childhood sexual trauma in, in different capacities. Um, and it's a lot of the reason why, other than my birth trauma, why I wanted to become a trauma therapist and understand this process and how it affects people. In this lay time, you are having time to process things that you didn't really want to process, right? So yeah. our brain is so intelligent. It protects us from the things that it knows we don't want to hear or see or think about. Yeah. Um, and so just our everyday lives unintentionally could be silencing the things that God wants to heal. But I tell people all the time that like pain is God's reminder that there's more for you, you know, yeah. God's reminder that this is not where you're supposed to stop and this is not where you're supposed to end. Um, and that's why it's so blaring and that's why it's so disruptive. Yeah. Right. So it's supposed to remind you to keep going. Um, but I say all of that to say the more time we have, the more time we have to process And for some of you, you might be experiencing anxiety because you're thinking about your family experiences. You're thinking about family dynamics. You're thinking about childhood situations that were really painful. And I want to be very tender as I say this. Um, I just feel like the Lord's saying that there are people who are going to be having like 
memories, um, dreams, dreams, right. Of situations that feel shameful situations, um, that are inappropriate. I'll yeah. say that in nature, inappropriate and not beyond inappropriate situations that, that made them feel like they are shameful, yeah. um, situations that bring up ways that they've been victimized. Yeah. Um, one, I want to say that if it's a reoccurring dream, it's probably not a dream. It's probably a memory. So I'll start there. <laughs> but we won't go into all of that in this episode. And two, Kyle and I want to offer to you guys, if you need someone to talk to, whether you're a part of our Patreon or not, we are here for you to talk and process. If you want to become a client um, and have you know a longstanding relationship with me when it comes to processing some of those things, we are here. Um, if you just want to have a conversation with us, a coaching call, whatever it is with us, um, we are here. Um, we're not going to charge you. Yeah. <laughs> we're not asking you for money. We're not monetizing off of this. We just know, um, that the enemy wants to smother us in the fear and the shame of our childhood that we had no control over. Yeah. Um, and he's waiting for a moment to snuff out our lives. Um, but yet the Lord is good and in his goodness, he throws out and prepares a life raft for us. Yeah. Um, and we want to be available for that. So yeah. if any of you guys have been having those situations, um, if any of you guys have been having those thoughts, dreams, memories, um, we'd love to process them with you. Um, just visit our website, visit the website in the show notes, um, send us a message, um, and we'll, we'll get together and have a zoom call with you and just pray with you and process some of that hardship. Yeah. Um, thank, thank you for bringing that up. Kabay. Just, you know, full disclosure, uh, for me, I did not know that I had been abused, that I had things um, that were affecting my day-to-day life, affecting the way that I think about myself, that I process information, completely ruled my existence, and I did not m- remember it because my brain hid it from me to keep me safe. And it was not the enemy that brought these memories up. Mm. It was in a time of prayer where I was asking God to heal me of something else. And the Lord, uh, the way that healing looked in that situation was for him to bring up memories so dark that I had shut them away and had never and did not even know they were so dark and deep and hidden I'd hidden them for myself I did not even know they were there I thought they were dreams weird dreams that I would have periodically and the Lord brought up the reality that was memory so that I could process it I could heal it and move forward like Kobe said very often pain is not just this attack from the universe very often God uses pain to declare that the peace we're feeling is a lie. Yeah. And for me, I am better, more whole in every single way because God brought up a moment of pain. So that can be a lonely thing and a shameful thing. Yeah. We want to be there for you if if that word resonates. Uh, And again, we won't charge anything. If you got toilet paper, send it. (laughs) <laughs> but outside, <laughs> yeah, outside of the TP, we just want to um, love you in that here. way and love you in the ways that we've been loved by Christ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in, for joining this quarantine conversation. You see what I did there? See what I did? Wow. Um, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week until the circle comes back around. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. 
Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps people figure out who we are and what we're doing and gets the podcast out to a wider audience. Also, we have just launched a Patreon. In that, you have access to guided meditations, spiritual discipline sessions, even some live Q&As about mental health. And most importantly, you actually get first dibs to merch. Um, If you've ever looked at our website, uh, you'll see a Protect Your Peace hoodie. That'll be dropping soon. So visit the show notes and join the family.